0: Hello everyone, my name is Oshin and welcome to the third episode of A Life in Politics Joining me on today's episode is Independent TD from Kerry, Michael Hillier So, hello Michael and welcome to the show
1: Thank you very much Oisín, how are you?
0: I'm good Um, To start I just want to ask you, um, what did you like to do in your spare time when you were growing up?
1: I suppose I I really never had a whole pile of spare time in that, I, I was always doing different types of jobs of one type and another but I suppose the only type of sport that I've always been interested in and uh, outside of, we'll say, the normal sports of football and hurling, but outside of that would be shooting.
0: Um, I know your late father was a politician, but did your mother have an interest in politics?
1: Well, I suppose she had to, uh, in, in where, where she was married, into, but um, she would have had a strong uh, interest in political affairs in general because she worked for the Syrian consulate herself. So that would have meant that she would have had an interest in, in politics and things like that, Don't you know?
0: And I believe she was from America... Um- when you were a child, did you ever, I presume you have relations over there, did you ever get to go over to America?
1: I do have a lot of aunts and uncles and family over there, so uh, I have been over there a few times, but I'm not a great person for travelling. I, I actually don't like aeroplanes and uh, travelling in general, so I try to keep my movements like that to an absolute bare minimum.
0: And what was it like growing up having a father as a politician?
1: Well, it was interesting. I've always told the story that uh, and it's an awful thing to say, but when a politician would die somewhere in Ireland uh, at ED, I used to be delighted because it meant I'd get three weeks off school because my father was uh, a man that would have been involved in fighting by-elections a lot. So he'd be drafted into an area to fight a by-election and uh, I'd be taken with him and... uh, now, it wasn't as though, it was, as though you were off or something, like you were working, but it was uh, interesting in that it was like a challenge to go somewhere and to try and win a by election. So, I used to always enjoy it, and uh, and it was great.
0: Before you were first elected to the doll, what did you do?
1: Oh, my job would have been a digger driver. I've been involved in machinery since I was 17 or 18. And I would have always been, like, my day-to-day job would have been driving a digger. And so, if I'm ever asked what are my qualifications, I'm a digger driver.
0: When did you consider the possibility of becoming a politician?
1: Well, you see, I was always by my father's side uh, for his elections. And I was his director of elections for the uh, three campaigns that he had to get elected to the Dáil. And... um, there was a great team uh, working with us. Thanks be to God, many of who are, are still there to this day. And uh, it was very interesting um, and it was a great challenge at the time. And uh, that would have got me really strongly interested in, um, in all affairs politically.
0: Um, you've also previously been chair of the committee on EU affairs. What are your memories of that role?
1: Well, it was very interesting again because it was at a very challenging time in the uh, preparing for Brexit and um, the, I, one thing I would always say about that actual committee there were from all parties and none, but uh, they were extremely experienced people and I think my statistic was that it was something like sorry, was it was 230 years of experience or something was on the Committee of Political Experience. So there were a great group of very dedicated politicians who I enjoyed working with very, very much.
0: I asked um, Matthew McGrath this question last week, but I want to get your opinion on it. Um, do you feel as an independent TD that you have as much of an influence as if you're a part of one of the bigger parties?
1: I would actually like to to think that you have more freedom in politically standing up for and supporting your constituents. Because remember, at the end of the day, it's all about your constituents. It's about representing those people. Your obligation is to uh, do what you can locally and nationally for everyone. And uh, I think without having the shackles of a political party, that you can actually do do that in a better uh, way and a better degree than if you had the shackles of
0: a political party hanging around you. Um, Whose idea was it to create the Independent Royal Group? Because I know you're part of that.
1: Uh, well, I suppose we're under the, the chairmanship of um, Matthew McGrath, who is an excellent person, and... Uh, we came together because we were like-minded, and uh, we feel as though we're better as a group than uh, as individuals with regard to speaking time and um all of that. And and our core fundamental values would be the same. So um we we seem to we seem to work well together, as the way I put it, so.
0: In 2011, you took ill at Leinster House and Health Minister at the time, James Reilly, tended to you. What, what can was, you remember about that?
1: Well, I suppose, look, it's one of those things. You know, people, different things happen, people in life. Unfortunately, what happened to me was in a very public place. Uh, but I mean, you can, nobody can be uh, in control of will they get sick. Um, so let's put it this way. It's a thing I wouldn't like to have happened to me a lot. And thankfully,
0: it doesn't. In 2016, you topped the poll for Kerry constituency, and your brother Danny was also elected, which is the first time two siblings from the same constituency were elected to all. Do you think there's much rivalry between yourself and Danny?
1: Well, no, I mean, we work very well together. And uh, again, we can't do anything. It's, it's down to the people that um, back us. That canvas for us and that support us. They are the important people. They are the people who make it work and who make it happen. And if it wasn't for those people, neither the, neither of the two of us would be anything and we'd be nowhere and we wouldn't be elected to anything.
0: The following year, you've, you've heard on Living with Lucy. Um, what did you make of that experience? Lucy Kennedy is a very nice person, uh, a
1: very friendly lady. Uh, who I like a lot and um, she's just a very good person and a very, what I would call, genuine person and and very entertaining and uh, to be blunt about it, I like her company because she's good sport and, uh, and a great character.
0: What inspired you to write your books, Time to Talk and a Listener in 2018 and 2019?
1: quite simply because I was asked by the publishers and I said no, and they asked me a few times and I eventually said yes, but there was a very excellent lady who uh, Ghost wrote and worked with me and uh, I found her to be extremely uh, good at her job and um, like that it worked well and the second book uh, worked equally well and um, they were written it was a little bit unusual. The two books were written uh, in the middle of the night. The only time that I would work on them was between 12 o'clock at night and 7 o'clock in the morning. And we actually never spoke about, worked or gave any time at the book other than during those hours. And um, so, therefore, it didn't interfere with my work. Um, and I, I didn't mind giving the time to in because it was a nighttime project.
0: You're a farmer, shop owner and a plant hire business operator. Do you find it hard to be involved in so many businesses? Absolutely not. I think it's great for politics
1: because by doing that, um, when people come to me with problems, the problems that they have, I have already. And um, it's just, uh, how would I put it, to It's... um. <sighs> It's it's good to be grounded in other types of work because uh, nothing is new to you. The, the the issues that other people are having uh, are having at that time, you might already be asked to go through that already and uh, it makes it easy to understand the issues uh, and the difficulties that people are having if you're having them yourself.
0: Um, what would you consider your biggest achievement as a politician?
1: Well, I suppose the fact that there's an awful lot of work, for instance, that goes on that people don't realise about at all. And um, there's an awful lot of things that happen that people uh, don't even realise or attribute to any person. Um, I'll just give you one typical example of what I would call discreet work that the person would be doing and that you might never actually will say be recognized as the person who did such a job but it would actually be your work that staffed it and it to fruition and I'll give you an example <clears throat> if you can remember the motor industry were always saying that there was an awful slump in sales in cars in a 12-month period.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, because in January, you'd have a big spike in sales and then during the year, it would slump and slump and by coming on the end of the year, there'd be nobody buying cars because they'd be waiting until the the new year again to have a new new number of So I went to the department and to the minister at the time with a proposal that we'd have two stats to the year. And uh, in other words... You'd have two different number plates, one for the first six months and one for the second six months. Six months. And I continued to pursue that. And eventually, kept... oh, yes, at the time, the national media were laughing at me because it was 2013 and they were saying that I was afraid of the number 13 and that's why I wanted to skip 13, right? And that I wanted to make the change. Now, that wasn't the reason. But certain people in the media thought it was funny to poke fun at that and to try and ridicule it. And, of course, they never thought it would actually contain anything either. So, uh, lo and behold, the department, and thanks to the SIMI and everybody, it was recognised that what I was actually saying was very sensible, a very sound proposal, and it would, it would help create and sustain more jobs in the motor industry. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And uh, to this day, you have two number plates every year. And uh, it did help jobs. And it, it was a major boost to the motor industry in Ireland. And, uh, and it was my idea. And like, that's just one example of things that you would never attribute to me but it was my work that started it, and it was my work that finished it.
0: And the opposite now, um, what has been your biggest disappointment in politics?
1: Well, there are certain personal things that I would have held very dear. Uh, for instance, with regard to the whole right-to-life issue um, and the fact that the introduction of a Martian into this country, while I respect very much the decision and uh the vote of others who um had different ideas uh which they were perfectly entitled to I, I didn't agree with it uh it was a fair and square debate in that we all had our act to to play in it and um we we lost as we will say and uh i was disappointed with that and uh I, I was upset with it. But that's it. I can't do anything about it. Uh, the people that I and others, we were working together and uh, it, it didn't work and that was it.
0: Has lockdown impacted you much?
1: Lockdown has impacted everybody. There is no winners in this. Only society has to stick together and try and first of all protect people's health and then... Uh, get to a stage where we can get back to normal um, as soon as possible.
0: How do you think the government has handled the COVID-19 pandemic so far?
1: Well, I was always concerned over their immigration policy into the country and it's obvious that we've made lots of mistakes. But look, I don't want to be dwelling on mistakes. I would just like to see us all working together to try and get us to a better place than where we are right
0: now Um, and how do you think your fellow county woman Norma Foley has performed as Minister for Education
1: well it has been an extremely um, uh, 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 how would I say upsetting time for the parents the students the teachers the uncertainty that is out there even to this day is actually frightening and and uh, It's a great concern, and um, all I would hope is that certainty would be put back into the whole system as soon as possible because that's what people want. They want to know what's happening, when it's happening, how it's happening, and that's of paramount importance.
0: But how do you think she's done?
1: Well, it's a new portfolio. It's a new new job for her, and um, she's a very able person and uh, a person that I would have known for many, many years, and uh, I would wish her well, and I would wish her good luck in the job.
0: Do you think the vaccine rollout is being managed successfully?
1: No, I don't.
0: And do you think that could change?
1: I would hope that it would for the better, yes.
0: Uh, What did you make of Duncan Smith's comments in the doll recently?
1: whole lot really
0: that's fair enough Um, do you have any objectives for 2021
1: I always have objectives and my objectives objectives would always be to do my best for the constituency for the people that I represent and uh, for the people of Ireland and to do my best at all times and I would always like to up my political performance and output all the time so that I wouldn't give the job 100% or 105%, but I will give it a 120% of my efforts every hour of the day from early morning until late at night.
0: Uh, just to finish up, Michael, I've heard you saying before that you like to go up early in the morning. Since you don't have as many events going on currently, has that changed?
1: Absolutely not, uh, because there isn't as many events going on It gives me more time to apply myself uh, to things that I might not have been able to apply myself to in the past. So, as you know now, it's 20 past 7 in the morning. I'm talking to you with the last 18 minutes. And I think I have something like 11 or 12 phone calls done already this morning before I spoke to you. So, let's put it this way. I'm not letting the grass grow under my feet.
0: Michael, thanks very much for um, talking to me and hope to speak to you again soon.
1: No problem, machine, and all the very best to you. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.
0: So that's it for the third episode of Alive Life in Politics. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you're willing to sponsor the show or if you have any questions for me, contact me at politics at gmail.com.